This is Everyday Photography Every Day, where you get to listen in on a chat between a photographer, that's me, and a regular human. That's me. With an eye on making your pictures amazing. No technical stuff, no talk of gear or software, just photography for the love of it. We're sponsored by Neomodern.com, bringing concierge photo printing and framing to everyone with a smartphone. I'm Suzanne Fritz Hansen, enthusiastic iPhone picture taker. And I'm Michael Rubin, photographer, founder of Neomodern, and grumpy old man, and we're in San Francisco tonight. Welcome. Hey, brother. Hey, brother. <laughs> so um, I've invited, this is family week on the podcast, and since you're family, I thought let's Let's talk about whatever family talks about. Yeah, I knew this ought to pay off somehow. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone, this is my brother, Danny. For the record, uh, Danny uh, is best known, probably only known for having written the movie Groundhog Day. Um, but you're like a, you are now considered a thinker about time, right? Well, no one knows what else to ask me about, so <laughs> I spend a lot of time answering questions about it. That doesn't mean I'm much of a thinker, but well, go for it, man. You answer enough <laughs> questions about it. Um, do so. I talked to Gab the other day, and she, you know, we agree you're a funny guy, but we also agree that you don't aren't really a visual guy. Very say? true. My visual memory is is really awful. So all your if, memory is really awful. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't just put up like a. I wouldn't just leave it right there with the visual memory. Well, I I, I can parse it somewhat, and uh, my memory is awful, but my visual memory is particularly bad. I don't recognize faces or actors. <laughs> <laughs> you know, halfway through a movie, it's like, who is that again? <laughs> so I'm your best so, friend. Oh right, right. Oh, yeah. that's you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think of like? I mean, you grew up with the pictures in the house and Yulesman and all that stuff. Do you right. do you think that influenced you in any particular way? I don't know. It was all very weird, and you know, other people didn't have <laughs> black and white fo photographs all over the the hallways. Um, I th I don't know if I thought it was weird. I mean, I thought it was weird that collecting these things and there were and we were going to galleries and you know exhibits all the time um i i'm i guess i don't know how it influenced me i spent a lot of time just standing in the hall looking at it like i was in a, a museum trying to <laughs> un understand okay all right i walk by this every day today i'm gonna spend 30 seconds and stare at it and try and figure out why we have it hanging on the wall <laughs> do you remember anything in particular Oh, I, you know, a lot of nudes. I thought that was pretty remarkable. You know, when my friends would come over, they'd be like totally overwhelmed and I'd be like, oh no, nothing. We just have nudes everywhere. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I don't think, <laughs> I don't think dad collected, I don't think he had like playboys or I, if he did, he kept them well hidden. I, I, I don't think that that was something that we had easy exposure to even sneaking around, but what for? There were all they're on the walls. On the walls, just right up there. If you put it in a frame, it's totally cool. <laughs> Secret number one. <laughs> um, so I, I think that photography is, um, you know, it's this surreal thing. You stop time in a way that it doesn't normally stop, right? And you get yeah. to, and because you can stop it, you can explore a moment in time. And, and Groundhog Day, I mean, one of the, particularly geniusy things you did there was 
if you've got a person living forever, like you were keeping the story from being about the forever part and you, by creating the loop, you didn't have to actually, it makes the time go away in some weird way, right? Yeah, it, it becomes just sort of a meditation on anybody's day in anybody's life. Absolutely. Is it, this, are there similarities? I mean, are these, is it sort of pushing too hard to sort of say that, that both still photography and the, I mean, like if you do a time-lapse, time-lapse video, you are speeding everything up and that allows you to reveal things that are moving too slowly to notice, right? That's another way to reveal something by playing with time. Right. I the way I think about it is when you um encapsulate everything in this one moment, you know, you're unpacking it um with your mind. It's this thing that happens all at once, but your mind is kind of thinking uh who is that guy or who is this about? Is there a story here? Is is there a drama? Did something happen before this and is something going to happen after this? And in in a way, um in my classes when I'm, I'm teaching the students about the role of, of dramatic writing is to kind of unpack the time. You get to decide uh, what happened first and where you begin and how long it goes and where you stop. Hmm. And that can start with a photograph. Sometimes I'll find a, a photograph that seems to tell a story in one instant and your mind um, absorbs it all at once. And if it's funny, like uh, I, uh, there's a photograph of a, of a woman leaning over to pet some little duckies, some little baby ducks that are walking down the street. I don't know why they're there. Nobody does. <laughs> she's leaning down and she pets the ducks. And while she's there, uh, a mother duck, I suppose, or a father duck, I can't tell. Um, uh, sorry. And yeah. I study biology. I should know these things. You should, um, yeah. um, is picking her pocket. <laughs> and and you start sort of in your mind, it's funny. It's like, oh, this woman, oh, those cute duckies. Oh, my God, it, the whole thing was a plan. <laughs> I saw that and I sort of got this whole, uh, you know, Oliver Twist thing <laughs> where the artful Dodger said, okay, you cute ones, go, go stand there. The lady will bend over and I'll steal her wallet. <laughs> okay. So how do you tell that story? Who is the protagonist? And, you know, is it the little duck? Is that Oliver? Or <laughs> is it the big duck, the artful dodger? Or is it the lady? Oh, I was just going to deposit my life savings into the bank, but I just stopped to pet this duck first. <laughs> like the Christmas story where they exactly the lost money. Right, right. So unpacking a photograph in time is what your brain does anyway. Um, if it's that kind of a photograph, I mean, sometimes they're not, but sometimes it's, if it's in the middle of an action, say, or they're a couple of characters and you look at their faces and you can tell a whole story based on it. Do you, do you like abstract stuff? The, the, I mean, cause it sounds like, you know, a lot of photography is a, a picture and people always, like, as you're describing, um, it tells a story, right? What's the story here? And that, and, and sometimes really good photography, photographs are those ones where you look at and you just really wonder what's really going on. What's that guy thinking? How did this happen? What's, where, what's going on here? But other times it's sort of, you know, abstract and cool looking and it's not that kind of a picture. Does that right, interest or you? It's, or it's just aesthetic. Uh, sure. I mean, sure. Does it I, always I guess I brought, I, yeah. 
I, no, I, I was thinking about that before. There are pictures that suggest a story and there's some that don't. And I, I just look for the stories and the ones that I'm looking for stories in. Um, you know, I don't need to have a story in a photograph. And um, my taste is broad. I either like it or I don't. And usually, you know, you have an emotional response. And then afterwards, you die. oh, this is why I like it. Wait, say that again. Can you? Or something. It was so that? brilliant, Mike. I don't remember what I said. <laughs> <laughs> remember that memory thing we were talking about before? <laughs> See, I don't remember what we said. I just remember we were talking about it. Who am I talking to? <laughs> Who is this? What are you doing here? I, I was wondering if other people think our voices sound alike, in which case this could be like a difficult conversation. <laughs> oh, this is Danny talking, by the way. <laughs> oh, and we'll have subtitles. And this is Michael. Yeah, subtitles. Because well, we sound alike. It's audio. <laughs> I don't think people will have trouble identifying. Well, there'll be the funny one, and then then there's you, <laughs> and, and then me, right? <laughs> or there's the smart one. And the, um, I, I was saying that I I kind of have come to an understanding. I, I don't know if it's true or not. That in general, I and perhaps everybody um, kind of react to things instinctively and then rationalize how they feel about it. And I'm that way, certainly with art. Uh, I think I get an emotional response. I really like that. And then my brain goes, oh, I like it because I enjoy abstract art or I enjoy storytelling or the aesthetics of this appeal to me. Um, so I, I think I just take them as they come. It's just, it's a Monday morning quarterback thing. You just like, huh. I wonder what, why I responded that way. I mean, I think that's cool, actually, to begin with the visceral response. I, I, I was saying in earlier episodes, I think, that, and I was unsettled with it, but um, I want a photograph to work. I want to have a feeling about it immediately, like I like it, um, and not have to have it explained to me. Like, I feel like a photo should stand on its own without context. But at the same time, I also acknowledge that it's it's really a, a great feeling to not like something or to not have a strong feeling. And then as you sit with it more, you learn more, whatever, some process, you develop an appreciation for it and like it a lot. And that that's also cool, but it's different. I, I mean, I don't... Yes. You know. No, I love that... Um that feeling of feeling like I hated something and moved on. And then I just keep thinking about it and I keep talking about it and, and working it in my mind. And at some point I realize I don't really hate it. I might love it. But I do think that having this, you know, art on our walls when we were growing up that, you know, it's not like you instantly understand it in any way. You kind of look at it and say, well, how do I feel and why am I responding this way? And somehow just having a history of that kind of engagement, I think, is, has been a useful exercise. Maybe not about photography itself, but any art, um, just to to be thinking about, okay, why do I like this? Why don't I like it? What, what is it about this that, that has attracted my attention? Why the heck did dad put this on the wall? You know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> that engagement, I think, is a, a good mental exercise. I, I was at uh, SF MoMA yesterday and walking through an exhibit, and I'm looking at them here and thinking, oh, we could stage that same exhibit at Neo Modern. 
but or, or I can have do it up- right across the street, <laughs> like <laughs> McDonald's. That's right. How much does it cost to go there? Like Twenty Better bucks. Museum over here. Come over 15. here. It's only fifteen yeah. bucks here. Get a guy in a duck Peanuts. suit. <laughs> Stand out there. <laughs> Cortege free today. Um, but you spell it differently. <laughs> Plaque book. <laughs> um, that I, I was looking through the exhibit, and there were a lot of photographs that you know I can appreciate that they're sort of interesting, but I would never put them on my wall. You know, I look at it, and there's a like, oh, that's a that's a great photograph, but not something I want to look at all the time. So what right. is that bar, that thing that says, I like it, but I don't want to live with it? Well, sometimes there, are, when you live um, with other people, there are other opinions. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Louise and I collected these amazing underlays um, uh-huh. that that are you know, grotesque. <laughs> yeah, totally. And I always thought they were interesting. I enjoyed them, but but the kids at some point where they they developed language and they were able to express to us to get these fucking creepy things off the wall. <laughs> <laughs> and wise your children are. Yeah, I thought they were creepy too. The Andrelays are, are particularly creepy. Now they're not photographs, but they're etchings. But. Um, yeah. If, if I took a photograph of the etching, then we could talk about it, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I'm not sure what the what the line is. I feel like I want to sit with a photograph for a while to decide if I like it, if I want to keep it up all the time. That's the only way I can tell. Like I, There's always that um, sugary feeling of something like, ooh, I like it immediately. Like it appeals to something, but as you sit with it for a while, it's like, um, I'm bored. It's right. Boring. It's yeah. just a cliche. It was a one liner. It's a one liner. It's a, it's, you know, it's a rim shot. Ba, ba, ba. Like, I like it. Okay. Move on. That's sort of happened in music, right? Like it used to be, you'd get an album and you'd listen and there'd be the songs that were kind of the pop hits and you loved them immediately. And then the song between it that you wouldn't pick up the needle to skip it. So you just end up playing through it or on the tape. And eventually it's your favorite thing, right? It's, and that's how photographs are. But now in a hit driven world of, I can listen to exactly what I want. You just end up skipping all those inter- those interstitial songs, and and we sort of screwed up our like we we only like the the immediate gratification. There's nothing that you ever sit sit with. Uh, is that a question? Yep. I don't know. I yeah. think that's I don't know, but I think it's true. And I think also you know we are uh, not the same river twice either. Ten minutes after we bought it, we might be a different person. Have you get a phone call? You feel different about yourself. You look at the painting or the photograph, and it's no longer your favorite. Um, or ten years later, or something like you know, I used to love that, but I think I've outgrown it. Oh, that's interesting to outgrow it, right? It can happen. I don't think I, because it's a relationship, right? It isn't just the thing; it's you interpreting the thing, and and. Um, because of that, you are one of the participants and you're the one that's changing. The other thing isn't changing. It's just sitting there. Um, <laughs> right. Um, if, if it's been protected with, uh, you know, museum quality glass and paper and all that. Yes, uh, and, you get and, it near modern. That's correct. Yes. Um, and uh, you don't leave it out in the rain or something. <laughs> it's it's not going to change. But the person viewing it can change over time. And I think that's that's also interesting that maybe when you decide to take that picture off the wall after having had it for a while it's not you know you you are you're not necessarily saying that photograph has decreased in value to me but it's just that i'm not the same person as i was 
and I don't need that in my life right now. That, that seems like a very Groundhog Day kind of thinking about it. It's like it stays, I've changed, it stayed the same, right? Isn't that your thing? <laughs> <laughs> Is it? <laughs> Is that my thing? Well, it's one of your things, right? Thank you. Okay. You have many things. Many things. And I, I talked to Gab about her photography, her photo collages. You're, you like those? Yes, you, I like them a lot. I think cool they're excellent. Thing. I have several on my walls. I think you do. That's, I think we all do. Well, I think what's interesting about what Gab does, it's, it's actually similar to what I do. Um, but sometimes I'm just, I, you could say I have a gazillion ideas or no ideas. It's kind of the same thing. Um, and she kind of makes a squiggle, just an arbitrary almost squiggle. She takes photographs of things that she just, you know, gets her just to take a photograph. And then she looks at them and interprets them like, oh, that makes me feel this way or these two go together in that way. And I think I do the same thing. I'll just sort of write something down and say, oh, well, now that I've written that down, that leads to this idea and that other idea goes together with it. So I like her creative process. That's cool. That's different from my creative process, uh, my photo process in particular, where I... I do kind of feel like I'm hunting. I'm looking through the world. I'm looking around, and I'm trying to pay attention to the things that catch my attention. You know, mm -hmm. I, um, you walk through the world, and we have the sense that you see this broad scene in front of you, but you're not. You see, like, your, your eye focuses here, and then you, you have a saccade. You move your eye over to there, and your eye is darting around at things, and we're largely... Uh, unconscious about what the specific things are. Our brain sews them all together. And I try to deconstruct that and, and be present with what caught my eye. Why did that catch my eye? What do I see there? Can I now fall into that for a bit? That's not her process at all or, or, or your process. Right. Actually, I'm kind of, I, I do, I guess I do both. But um, for me, that walking through the world stuff isn't visual. It, it isn't, um, oh, that's an interesting shadow or shape or there's something about it that I just find um, intriguing. It's got my attention. For me, that happens, but it's with ideas. You know, it's, it's all ideas. They, they aren't visual. It's, it's uh, you know, there's a person walking down the road and I'm thinking, oh, if he tripped, what would happen? <laughs> and, and I wonder what the consequences would be or isn't it interesting? Uh, you know, I don't know, just playing with... Uh, what ifs and and uh, creating stories about people and all that. <laughs> you just keep doing what you're good at, Butch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just keep thinking. Just random motion. <laughs> random brainial motion. Um, oh, and I'm very impressed with the your use of the word, what, saccade, whatever you called it. A saccade, a saccadic motion. Do you know that I, word? I absolutely know saccadic motion, though I don't know if I've ever said it out loud, so that's probably not pronouncing it right. But um, that's really, I find that absolutely fascinating because, I mean, you see something in an instant and then it, because of overstimulation of that idea, your brain ceases to see it and your eye has to move away from it and come back to it and be re-stimulated in order for you to even perceive it. And that's also true with, with touch. I mean, if you're you're sitting in a chair, you, you don't feel your ass for the longest time. But if you remove it and put it back, then you can feel it again. Speak for yourself. Um, I feel my ass constantly. 
and everyone else does too. <laughs> and and uh, same is true with with taste. You know, yes. you're 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 always flushing the the taste buds so they can be re-stimulated, um, and all the senses. I don't know why I brought that up, except that I've never heard of a, a saccade as a single thing. <laughs> oh, well, I've been thinking a lot about that uh, conscious and unconscious seeing um, and trying. And I think that it's this is what you'd say for foodies and for other sensorially oriented people, right? It's like be present, be aware of all the things you taste and touch and see because we live so it's not that we live unconsciously in a sense that it's a terrible thing. I think it's a necessary way to get through the world. You, 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 um, you take in all this input and then your brain kind of just makes something out of it, but you don't want to, you'd be paralyzed. I think if you felt and were aware of everything coming in, but, um, it's nice to be able to move into that and taste this. Say when someone's like savor this taste, that's what photography is. It's like savor this sight. And that's right. And and frequently when I go to a museum um, or gallery, I will really take an overview of the thing, but mostly I'll focus on just one or two pieces because I get overstimulated. I, I can't take in that much emotion and, and that much feeling and that much thinking all the time. I get very easily overwhelmed. I mean, I get overwhelmed just walking down the grocery aisle and yeah, you're not your eye going to all those things. But <laughs> But I think that's interesting, the the idea that, um, you know, because you can't take in all this emotion all at once, you're always selective about it. If you want to savor something, sometimes it has to do with the rate at which you encounter things. Right, right. Photography is also kind of slowing down. You have to slow down to take in that stuff because we're kind of moving quickly through the world, right? And um, Well, is that any different from a, a painting? Or any other piece of art, really, a sculpture. No. I mean, you I slow, think you, you have slow to slow down, down to take, to take it in. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, our, our time is so f- finite that like, it really all comes down to what do we choose to put mental time on? Like, what's, what gets our attention? This gets our mm-hmm. attention for a second. This gets it for a minute. Like, are you going to take this moment and stretch it into 10 seconds that you sit, sit with it? Or is it hours, days, lifetimes? And then what does that mean? Not to mention that if even if you saw it just for a split second, that image is still in your brain and you might continue to think about it and engage with it over time. So, you know, that the way time uh, expands and and, um, unfolds um, is not necessarily just you standing in front of the thing in its presence. Oh, that's heavy. Yeah, of course. Uh, Maybe. (laughs) <laughs> right. Of course, once it goes into my brain, I'm revisiting it, but it may not be the same. And like, it's just how I remember it. It could be. Oh, that's a, right. You right. can also start messing with it. You, you are. <laughs> that's what would happen to me because I don't. Forgot. <laughs> <laughs> well, I forget a lot, lots of pieces of it and my brain fills in and they aren't necessarily the way the artist filled it in. That's good. I like that. I think that that goes back to my feeling that it's not really about what the artist intends anyway. It's really about how you experience it. And you don't need to know what the artist intended. You just need to be present with what your experience is. In fact, That's it can, right. It can kind of I take think, you out of it if you are too 
too aware of like, well, wait, why did, why is this here? Why did the artist do this? Do I explain it to me? And it's like, no, just have your experience of it. Well, that's one, one point of view. And I, I, (laughs) no, no, I, I, what I find interesting when I've gone to galleries where the artist is present, I'll sometimes um, see them engaging the, the patrons, you know, and they start talking about the art and they start explaining it to people, especially if they ask about it. And uh, yeah, they do that a lot. And I guess people are interested and that's where the artist gets to use their art school training to <laughs> explain talk about it. their art, to yeah. explain it. <laughs> people ask you about Groundhog Day, I like to explain something. Do you push back? Do you feel like you shouldn't it's like it's all there. Well, I never explain what it's about because that is totally an interpretation that, that different people, you know, take for themselves. And over the years, as you know, I've gotten lots of letters and cards and had conversations where everybody tells me what it's about and it's all something different. I and love it when they do I think yeah, when well, it first came out and you were getting, I love, that was one of my favorite things actually, when it came out and you were getting these like religious leaders writing you, saying like, "Oh, you must be Catholic the Dalai or Lama. Buddhist. You're the Dalai. <laughs> <laughs> you must be the Dalai Lama." I get that all the time. <laughs> I tell you, the two of us get mixed up constantly. Uh, me and Dolly, yeah. Right. <laughs> um, well, I was just uh, going to say, I'll, I'll, I don't mind telling people you know, how ideas came about or what we were intending or anything like that, but. Ultimately, I don't talk about what it is about and what it means because that, you know, whatever I intended is totally irrelevant. Well, that, that's always the way I felt about what you think. <laughs> no, thanks, bro. <laughs> um, all right, well, let's wrap it up. This has been fun. Anything else you want to throw down? Yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, let's wrap I it up. I got things to do. <laughs> yeah, you go do that. All right, our show is recorded and produced in San Francisco, even though Danny is not in San Francisco. Please go to neomodern.com slash podcast to get show notes, see photos, and post comments. I'll put a picture of Danny in there so you know who we're talking to. Uh, and we get new listeners from you telling your friends and spreading the word. So if you know someone who might get something from us, please send them a link. Thanks to Mitchell Foreman for our theme music and all of you for hanging out with us. Have a great Thanksgiving. We appreciate your attention and hope we've given you some things to think about. Until next time.